Hey, Clancy. Yes, Josh. Right now in all of, you know, all of this, I find myself wanting to do more, to find ways to give back. Well, that can be easy by opening a web browser with Tab for a Cause. You know what? You're right. Tab for a Cause is a browser extension that lets you raise money for charity while doing your thing online. For me, that thing is looking for Animal Crossing design inspiration. And for me, that's watching cat videos as self-care. Well, sure. Once installed, you'll see a beautiful photo and a small ad whenever you open a new browser tab. Viewing those ads generates money, part of which goes towards a charity of your choice. Make donations to charities like Water.org, Save the Children, Human Rights Watch, and more. Join the Nonplus team by signing up at tabforacause.org slash nonplussed. Again, that's tabforacause.org slash nonplussed. Hey, Nonplus fam, a uh, quick note before we get started this week. Yeah, we recorded this episode over the weekend of September 26th before two key events happened, and we just wanted to quickly address them. Uh, yeah, first, uh, Disney Parks announced layoffs of 20,000 cast members. 67% of them were part-time. Yeah. Uh, it's awful. Um, many of our best dates at Disney, uh, were made better by a lot of these cast members. Absolutely. Um, and we're thinking about them during this time. Yes. Yes. Uh, second and a bit closer to home and why this episode is maybe a little bit late. Our lovely dog, Obi made her passage across the rainbow bridge on Monday again, right after we recorded this episode. Yeah. And rather than toss it out, um, you know, it's a rough time and we miss her dearly, but we thought it would be nice to just embrace the dramatic irony of it and dedicate this episode. To her memory. Yeah, she she was the best dog. Yes. To Obi. I'll drink to that. So I found some, uh, it just says, a monster collection of Frankenstein jokes for kids. Uh, would you like to hear a couple? Uh, yes. Who brings the monsters their babies? Who? Frankenstork. <laughs> cool. All right, next. How did Dr. Frankenstein pay the men who built his monster? Oh. On a peace rate. That's nonsense. Why was there a spark between Frankenstein and his bride? Why was there a spark? He couldn't resist her. (laughs) Can we get started? By all means. Welcome to another episode of Nonplussed, a gay romp through the Disney Plus vault. That over there is my husband, Clancy. Oh, that over there is my husband, Josh. <laughs> and this is Nonplussed, a mischief media podcast. And it is October. Halloween season has officially begun. Yep. We've got three episodes this month. And we're bringing some of the spoopy goodness from Disney Plus uh, to the feed this October. Yeah. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. Yeah. Before we get started, uh, of course, we're a member of the Mischief Media Network. Uh, go to mischiefmedia.com to see our whole slate of podcasts. Yep. There's a bunch um, of them. Yeah. Pottercast, the big one, but Pottercast just did its big anniversary show. Oh, awesome. So go, go give that one a listen. Uh, look at uh, everything else that we have over on mischiefmedia.com oh and it's the top of the month so we're going to tell you what's coming to disney plus this month yeah there's what a to look out for uh by the time you hear this maleficent will have already made it to the platform that happens on that happened on october 1st yep yeah and then the very next day beverly hills chihuahua uh, mr holland's opus excited hold on i got mr holland's opus on vhs as a christmas present from my mother one year what is it? It's it's got Richard Dreyfus and it's about um like a music teacher who impacts all these lives and he's always wanted to write his great symphony and he never got to because life um it's a whole thing. Cool. So like stand what, and deliver or I, I you know what I haven't seen that. But it's like his son ends up deaf and that's a whole crisis for him because he's mm-hmm. a musician and oh um, and there's this big climactic moment where he's singing this song to his deaf son while signing it and it's beautiful 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 boy. oh yeah we've seen that we've seen that before yeah yeah okay that makes sense god that's a lot about mr holland's oh yes yeah. 
Secrets of the Zoo Down Under Season 1 will be coming to the platform. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, Secrets of the Zoo. Yeah. The Simpsons Season 31. Woof. I... Simpsons update. Let's take a quick Simpsons Simpsons update. Sure. Uh, I stopped watching. Um, (laughs) The... Zenimation extended edition premieres. Oh my god! Um, so I I don't know what that means. I, I don't either. I just I looked at it for a minute and <laughs> it I, sounds I think exciting. I think maybe they're just taking the original Zenimations, which which are cool. They're, they're, they're delightful. Um, and just making them longer. Yeah. Which I mean, sure. That's Please, great. they're very short. Yeah. What happens on October 9th? On October 9th, Chronicles of Narnia: The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. Um, also X two yeah which is exciting for clancy who's been trying to rewatch the x-men movies for some reason they're um, so good i mean you could just wait until we cover them Wolverine's we're gonna have origins, to cover them like uh, um, so good. it's just it's not worth it um october 16th we've got uh disney jr the rocketeer yeah which is fun because we've done the Rocketeer. we talked we about have. this happening yes we yeah. did and here it is that's so exciting happening. Wow. Um, You're welcome, everybody. It's, it, we did it, team. <laughs> um, also, Clouds, which we mentioned at the drive-in. Yeah. Uh, a teen Zach gets diagnosed with osteosarcoma, a rare bone cancer while pursuing music in high school. The movie is based on the memoir Clouds, a memoir by Zach's mother, Laura Sobiak. Sobiak? Sobiak? Yeah. I hope I did that right. So it looks like a really heavy like teen drama it movie. Sounds like it. Yeah. In the vein of like a um Fault in Our Stars kind Pretty of a situation. Much. Yeah, 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 yeah. But this is this is a Disney Plus original. So this oh, cool. is uh yeah, this is big for them. We'll yeah. see how this kind of goes. It sounds so heavy though. Yeah. Also Meet the Chimps is premiering. Well, uh, you get your finery out for the Meet the Chimps. I mean, we'll be we'll be doing it. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, October twenty third, <laughs> Gathering Storm in India from Above seasons ones, uh, Marvel superhero adventure short season four, uh, Pompeii Secret to the Dead, Ultimate Viking Sword. All of that sounds like things. Yeah, it's super cool. Um, but then of course there's the premiere of the Olaf short, Once Upon a Snowman. Yeah, um, it's just a an animated short focusing on Olaf. Yeah, you know, if you ever wondered what happened to Olaf within the minutes of Elsa's creating him, as she sang uh, "Let It Go," you know, you could find then out. This is the animated short for you. Yeah, uh, on October thirtieth, <laughs> uh, Disney, The Owl House, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, the Nick Cage one, the live action. Yes. Oh. Uh, Extra Earth season one, but but most uh, most exciting, I suppose. Yeah, the, the Mandalorian season premiere chapter nine. I am excited. I am too. I almost want to go rewatch the entire season before that happens. I so mean, we'll see if that happens. It, but. And I mean, I could see, I could see a world where we do that and we do like a Mandalorian catch up episode. Maybe that's true. Yeah. Um. Uh. But I, you know, we we're trying to do the spoopy stuff this month. We are. We're doing the spoopy stuff. Yeah. And, we're not going to be. I'm talking about me personally rewatching the Mandalorian. Sure, but like I could see some value in being like, "Hey, did you miss season one of the Mandalorian? Let us catch you up." Yeah, that's and we for sure. do that. Like I could see that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we do that. We could. Um, our research, as always, comes uh, from IMDb, Wikipedia, and Rotten Tomatoes. It absolutely does. So, uh, yeah. But uh, what what movie are we talking about this week, Josh? We are talking about. Frankenweenie. It's the 2012 Tim Burton stop motion animation. And it actually premiered here in Austin at Fantastic Fest on September 20th, 2012. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, it's an annual film festival here. And then it went wide uh, on October 5th, my birthday. Oh, that's fun. In 2012. And I waited uh, eight years to see it. Meh. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, this was directed by Tim Burton. Yes. Um, he's done other movies. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, if anybody doesn't know, it's, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas. It's Beetlejuice. Yeah. It's Edward Scissorhands. It's yeah. Corpse Bride. It's yep. A Nightmare Before Christmas. Yep. It's a lot. It's Alice in Wonderland. Yep. It's a lot of things. It is a lot of things. It's a lot of things. Um, a lot of people like his work. Yes. Um, and the movie itself is based on uh, a short film directed by Tim Burton of the same name. Uh, it was co-written by him and Leonard Rips. It's both a parody and homage to, you know, Frankenstein, the Mary Shelley novel. Um, but it has like Shelley Duvall in it. It was, and I think it might've been, I don't know. I, I didn't dig too deep. His first film, like his first. Yeah, for sure. Film. Um, the uh, screenplay was done by John August. Yar. 
uh, and the music was by um, Danny Elfman. That old bean. That old bean. Yeah. We've, we've at, seen play live at the nightmare before Christmas at the Hollywood yeah. bowl, which also featured some of the VO from this cast performing live. That's right. At the Hollywood bowl. And speaking of top billing is uh, most recently awarded Emmy for her performances. My Rose in Shit's Creek, Catherine O'Hara as Mrs. Frankenstein slash weird girl slash gym teacher. I didn't realize she played the gym teacher. All That's fun. three voices. She's powerhouse Canadian comedy uh, and VO star. Um, like I said, she just got the Emmy for Shit's Creek. Um, and of course she's in all the Christopher guest movies. She's in yeah. best in show. She's in a mighty win. <laughs> she's in um, the other one waiting for Guffman. Uh, her career got launched on SCTV, which is like the Canadian SNL. Yep. Um, and then, you know, her first big film role was Delia Dietz and Tim Burton's Beetlejuice. Um, and then Martin Short was Mr. Frankenstein and Mr. Burgermeister and Nasser. And he was also on SCTV. So like they, these two have been working together for Amber. And it's, it's really cool that they kind of bring these people together that really work together. Well, yeah. it seems like. Um, yeah, that was, and of course he he also went on to SNL. He did mm-hmm. a lot of stage stage shows and like TV shows with his different characters. They did it like Jiminy Glick, the like film critic guy. Yep. Um, that I loved that like late night talk show that they did with him. Um, but yeah, I mean he's Martin Short. You know he's uh, I don't. I mean, Inner Space, Clifford, Father of the Bride, Three Amigos. Like yeah, lot, lots and lots yeah. and lots of stuff. Who's next? Uh, we got Martin Landau uh playing Mr. Uh, I every time they said it, I tried to figure out. You know what? We'll just drop in. Mr. Zgruski. There, we just dropped it in right from the movie. That's how you say <laughs> this character's say name. It. Uh, he died unfortunately on yeah. uh, July fifteenth, twenty seventeen. But he was a Hollywood legend. He was on the Mission Impossible TV show. Oh, um, awesome. He was in North by Northwest, Crimes and Misdemeanors. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen North by Northwest in so long. Yeah, Such he's he's old Hollywood talent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Charlie Tahan or Tahan? I don't know. As Victor Frankenstein, uh, he's a young fella, but he was on Netflix's Ozark. I think he plays the son. Oh, of, okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Bateman and uh, what's that? Who's that? I can't remember her name. God, it's not Laura Dern. It's the other one. Yeah. Why can't I remember? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, he also played Jonathan Crane slash the Scarecrow on Gotham. I don't oh, think awesome. we. I don't think yeah. we watched that far. We didn't. No. I, I liked the show. I don't know what. I think it was just because it was on, and uh, I think we, we just fell out of it. Yeah. But curiously, in his uh, resume, he had four episodes as the same character. On law, 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 on law and water. Law, law and water. You never see a guest star like playing that many a episodes unless role. they're a recurring role. Yeah. I just, as a law and order old hat, I, uh, yeah. I, that stuck out to me. Uh, next we have Atticus Schaefer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played Edgar Igor. Yeah. Which, and the joke, <laughs> of course, is that he's, he's the Igor. Yeah. Um, terrifying. But, anyways, <laughs> the, uh, the kids in a lot of VO work, including uh, the Lion Guard. Um, yeah, that's the Lion King animated series. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steven Universe and uh, the Penguins of Madagascar. Yep. So, and then we had Winona Ryder essentially reprising her role of Lydia Dietz as Elsa <laughs> Van Helsing. Yeah. Um. A. Who knew Winona Ryder was in this movie? I. Yeah. <laughs> it took me. I till like, the credits. You didn't the credits, realize till like, the credits. Wait, Winona Ryder was in this. Oh yeah. my god. But she was the box office darling of the late 80s and 90s and one time sort of Tim Burton muse. You know, she did Beetlejuice. Yeah. She did Edward Scissorhands. Beetlejuice was her third film. And then she like went on to do Heathers and then Mermaids with Cher. Yeah. She was in Bram Stoker's Dracula, which was a big deal. Girl Interrupted it was a big deal. It was a big moment in the mm-hmm. 90s. Um, and then, of course, most recently, she's Joyce on Stranger Things. Yes. And she's delightful on that. Yes. Um, next, we have Robert Capron, uh, who plays Bob. Yeah, that's the big kid. Yes. The, uh, the Augustus Gloop looking fella. Pretty much. I mean, I mean, yeah, his, his resume is fairly short, but impressive. Um, yeah. He's uh, Raleigh on both of the Diary of the Wimpy Kid movies. Yeah. And those, I mean, like, I haven't seen either of them. Those aren't for me. Yeah. But they're popular kids movies. So like oh, this kid's sure. probably making a little bit of coin right now. Yeah. He was also on a show that Josh watches a lot at elementary. Oh yeah, that's the CBS Sherlock with um Johnny Lee Miller and yeah. Lucy Liu. I love that show. I can't remember this kid on it though. <laughs> not not one bit. 
Then we had James Hirohuki Liao as Toshiaki, the Japanese boy of the group. Yeah. Um, he was uh, featured on an arc on Prison Break. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's Jay Lee on Unforgettable. Uh, and most recently uh, voices Kenji in Ghosts of Tsushima, which we haven't played yet. But no, I've heard good haven't. things about. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Then Kinshata Farrell as Bob's mother. And then finally, um, these funny little uncredited VO roles. This happens sometimes where people just come in for like a day rate. Yeah. Um, to fill out, you know, background. And we had D Bradley Baker as Persephone the Poodle. Oh my God. And the different monsters at the end. Yeah. Um, and Frank Welker was Sparky. Yes. And we just talked about him. We did. And his long ass career. Super long. And then, of course, there's the little clip of Christopher Lee making a cameo. Yeah. And it's actual archival footage within the like within its actual film. Yeah. It's like Christopher Lee's Dracula. Yeah. It's it's it, it was it was an interesting choice. It was a cute scene. I yeah, liked it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, do you want to get into it? Let's get into it. First, the first note that I had, though, before we do the synopsis sure. was about the logo, the way the logo yeah, so it starts off as color, yeah. um, and then and it's like the 3D Disney logo, yeah, and the, the swelling da, music, da, 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 and then lightning flash and black and white and Danny Elfman. Yeah, it was great. You, you know what? I'll put it in. I'll put it in right here. Can we put that in? I can put it in. All right, let's put it in. Let's put it in. nasty this is a podcast <laughs> i know there's an e-tag on here but there we gotta keep this e-tag. clean for our friends come on young scientist victor frankenstein lives with his parents and his beloved bull terrier dog sparky in the quiet town of new holland victor's intelligence is recognized by his classmates at school despite their admiration of him he communicates little with them due to his relationship with his dog Concerned with his son's isolation, Victor's father encourages him to take up baseball and make achievements outside of science. Victor hits a home run at his first game. Sparky, seeing Victor's hit, runs away from the bleachers to pursue the ball and to which he is struck and killed by a car, leaving Victor saddened. Saddened is a word. It's a great Frankenstein pastiche. It is. I have never been a fan of Tim Burton's work. (laughs) I had to scroll back up because I, for whatever reason. So yes, I have never been a fan of Tim Burton's work. It, it's in fact, I can't remember who Tim Burton is. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't really like that animation style and everything is very, especially you don't like long color. angular legs. Oh God. It was hard to watch. Are you afraid of spiders? Yes. Okay. That might be part of it. Yeah. Well, and it's Tim Burton and especially this is because of the art that he does. Like it just seems really unsettling. And well, that's the, I, that is the point. the point. Yes. It's gothic. And it's I just, Edward Gorey. It's for sure. And there are people that like that and I am not shitting on that <laughs> at all. I just don't particularly enjoy it. Do you not like when we do haunted Christmas mansion nightmare before the when it does the I deal changeover. with it but i've never i've never been a fan of nightmare before christmas wow how am i just learning this it, it, again it's just it, it's not like my style like i just it's never been a style that i look liked. i'm not gonna drop a divorce decree over it my yeah. point is that i just feel like we haven't had this conversation before. well we're having it now in front of everyone <laughs> in front of everyone <laughs> and i'm slinging wine around again i have problems with the animation style that said, this movie is executed beautifully. It's so gorgeous. And it is the, very well done. It's very well composed. Like everything about it is is it's thought out. It's great. It's, it's just the style that I don't appreciate. Sure. I, I mean getting right into it, like right at the top, the stop motion within the stop motion. Yes. Was so cute because somehow they managed to convey a level of stop motion that was less clean. Uh-huh. Than the stop motion that they were watching, that they were participating, you know, the world yeah. is. 
but I struggle with the time period in this film. And you mentioned it a little bit later, but I like, don't know when this takes place. At first I thought it was a period piece and then it's a bit more of a pastiche, which n- now that I think about it, Beetlejuice was kind of that way. Edward Scissorhands was kind mm-hmm. of that way. So I feel like it's a similar vibe ultimately. Yeah, And it, it also makes it so that it's not, it's sort of timeless. And, and the idea that, that you don't necessarily yeah. need to pinpoint it. We met, end up meeting their neighbor who is also the mayor. And I, I think I read somewhere that Burgermeister means mayor, maybe in German or maybe it's just Meister. That probably, yeah, that I don't know. I, yeah. I could be wrong by all means. Tell me if I'm wrong, but these clashing patterns are a look. Yeah. Even also, in black and white, they are a look. How many goddamn teeth does he have in his mouth? He's it's got a lot. So, <laughs> so bad. And he is supposed to be sort of an homage to, uh, Burger Meister Meister Burger from the old like it was Frosty the Snowman cartoon yeah yeah, yeah. or stop motion yeah mm-hmm. like even his look but he also kind of looked like Gru a little bit yeah I can like, see some inspiration on us Gru's shitty that. midwestern cousin <laughs> <laughs> I just I really didn't understand his hostility good morning Mr. Burger Meister your dog has been sniffing around my Dutch Dazzlers the other day I caught him peeing on my flamingo I'll keep an eye on him. You better. Yes, sir. Almost immediately. I mean, I can get it like he's the mayor of the town, but like, I mean, he it's had a, it it's out a trope. Fucking boy. Like, it's very Dennis damn. the Menace even, right? Like the neighbor kid's dog is screwing up my lawn. It's tropey. He seemed a little extra. really. Yeah, shitty. no, the guy's a shithead, but yeah. he's the closest thing to an antagonist that this movie really gets. The children in this movie are the villains. I Hey, <laughs> you're not wrong. I, so, I, I think, you know what? You could even take, take a step further back and objectively, very broadly say that the antagonist in this film is life. Yeah. Yeah. Shitty people, stupid adults, and your dog die. These are the things. Holy shit. These are the things that Victor is struggling against yeah. throughout the film. In the classroom. Yes. When they cut to that with all of those kids, it was just so unsettling. I couldn't deal Watching the 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 professor, which I guess, or or the the teacher, Mr. Rice Krusky. When they cut to his face, I kind of screamed. I think you remember. You did. That. You yeah, shrieked yeah, yeah. a little bit because it was just grotesque, and I couldn't deal with it. And the other issue that I have with this is that the sound that the characters are making don't really seem like they're coming from them. It, oh, I it very much. I I was there was a slight and I, maybe it was our maybe it was our setup maybe there was a slight desync or something but it was those things and honestly that might be a more bit of the unsettling thing that Tim Burton's trying to convey ac- across and people that are going to pick up on that are going to pick up on that. I mean, maybe sure. every you know this is film school like everybody's like ever you know what was the director's intention for this for this choice? And it's like. It probably wasn't. It was probably an accident. And like, th- this is just what it is. Stop reading into shit. Anyways, I was reading into it. Um, <laughs> all, all right. Asked and dragged by geez, yourself. That I know, was right? Phenomenal. <laughs> well done, honey. Anyways. But they're in this classroom. And yes, they're, you know, the, the former teacher got struck by lightning, which is apparently a regular occurrence in this town. Yes. And all of these creepy ass children have uh, you stories, know, different theories as to why. And none of this ever gets resolved, actually. No, not at all. He built New Holland on an abandoned gold mine. I heard it was a cemetery. That's where they buried the miners. It's the windmill that does it. Turning, turning the air until the sky itself rages against the night. No cemetery, definitely. And this is the thing kids do where, you know, legends of the town, you know, the the house that the old witch lives in and stuff, but like weird girl's eyes and all of the character design on these. Yeah. Yeah. it's, it's, It's all intentionally unsettling. It is. I don't know. Like I said, it was just all these, all these kids, especially Edgar. Like I just couldn't handle any time. You couldn't handle his fingers. You couldn't handle his teeth. It made my fingers hurt. Just anyways, we'll get into, there will probably be more of this later. I'm going to try to save you all from it. Let's move on. Apparently the creepy girl, she gets an omen from her cat, from her cat. Apparently this cat shits in the shape of letters. Yes. And when it starts with a friend's name, she's, the cat's predicting something. It's Mr. Whiskers is predicting something. Yes. 
And she goes through examples. Some yeah. of them good and some of them bad omens, which yeah. I thought was which was good that they weren't all just bad omens. Like sure. some of them were like the litter box. It's an omen. Last month he dreamed about Bob. He fell in a manhole. He dreamed about Toshiaki. The day he pitched a perfect game. And Nassar the day he got knocked unconscious. If Mr. Whiskers dreams about you, it means something big is gonna happen. I thought that was nice. It's wild that her. I don't know if that's a fact that I would share with people. If my cat, if Martini started shitting out Scrabble answers, I don't know that we would one hundred percent do that. Are you kidding? We, we, it would be the reason we would download TikTok and we would make a ton of money. We would be millionaires. We would for cat shit. For cat shit. Oh lord. Edgar wants Victor to be his science fair partner. Victor's not on board. Yeah, Victor likes to work alone. Because Victor is appropriately creeped out by this very clingy and aggressive child. Very like, aggressive. Never mind what whatever is going on at his home or in his life. And manipulative as fuck. He's manipulative and aggressive, and he's not an actual friend. No. I don't like Edgar. No, not he he is the worst out of all of them, Agreed. in my opinion. Well, they're all pretty awful. They're all, awful. They're all pretty yes. awful friends. Again, the, the yeah, the the movie itself is unsettling. Um, I'm amused that the permission slip specifically says no death rays at the science fair. Yeah, that was fun. That's amusing. Uh, I am also amused by fondue for dinner. Oh my god, which also feels like a very dated concept. It is like it's very seventies. It is, and I think that's sixty. That's where they're playing with that time, and it's just like this could be at any time. Yeah. You know, but also I want to do fondue. Should we get a fondue set? I mean, maybe. Maybe. I love nothing more than melted cheese, except perhaps melted chocolate. Fatty like hot cheese. <laughs> <laughs> right down my gullet. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. So he does baseball. Victor does baseball. I don't know what the time frame is here because suddenly he's in a game. Yeah. In it- my experience, you have to go to a few rehearsals before you can show up for your first show. Yeah. But also, can we just talk about his father being like doing this whole like I'm a travel agent, but I'm also, you know, like a, a philosopher, a philosopher, whatever. Nobody gets what they want. Exactly. Uh, and wrong. They both get what they want because they compromise. You'd like to do the science fair. And that's great. I'd like you to try a sport. Say, I don't know, baseball. Science fair, baseball. Science fair, baseball. How do you choose? Guess what? You don't have to. No reason you can't do both. You meet in the middle. Everyone's happy. (laughs) This is a very dad move. It is a very dad move, but also like it's really shitty that like your kid is interested in something and wants to do that thing. But you're like, no, you need to do this other thing. Earlier, he said he's just worried about him being becoming a weirdo. This is a thing parents do. I, I, I feel our kid is not social enough. Let me force them to try to do this thing to be social. Right, but that's like which is not about engaging with their kid and their interest in figuring yeah. out how to make them social through there. But neither yeah. of us are parents. I do like that, like when Victor was actually on uh, up to the plate to to hit hit to baseball. They're so supportive. They are supportive, but also Victor is like, "How can I apply science to this?" He's having flashbacks, right, of to like, the teacher named Mr. Rice Kruski talking about science, and he's applying those concepts. Yeah, to exactly to you know because he he strikes out once and then twice. And then he whacks that ball right out. Yeah. It's delightful. And everybody's excited. And even uh, I noticed our dog started barking when Sparky yes. broke loose. Mm-hmm. And I was very amused by this. She was confused and excited and concerned. <laughs> um, but when the ball goes up and they do the shot of everybody watching the ball, yeah. the way the pupils moved across all the eyeballs was gorgeous. Oh, really? It was so smooth. Yeah. It, unfortunately, the ball went into the street. Um, Sparky went after the ball, a car came and Sparky gets hit by a car. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very sad. It is. And he gets laid to rest at the top of this hill in the pet cemetery. And the sort of like cross portion of the headstone is shaped to look like crossed bones. Yes. And that becomes a problem later. We'll get to it. It does. They bury the dog, which the parents don't seem phased by at all. I mean, it's just a little 
concerning, Not especially because you made your kid go sign up for baseball and then that got his dog killed. Have a little like more empathy. I I think that they do a great job as parents having empathy with him. They're trying to help him. They're trying to help him move through it, but n- no, no emotionally stable person is going to ascribe that guilt to themselves. Sure. Sure. They made him play baseball, but they didn't make the dog chase the ball. I'm just saying if he, if they didn't make him sign up, the dog would have been alive. And Look, multiple times throughout this movie. film, Victor ties that dog up and he breaks off. So truly, whose fault is it that the dog ran into traffic? 100%. You're right. You're, mm-hmm. right, you're right. But we're not going to victim blame Clancy. There's a we're dead not. dog here and people are grieving. You're right. And it, it was their son's You're dog. feeling a certain kind of way about these people. and I, it's, I don't think it's fair. All right. Fair enough. All right. Moving on, inspired by his new science teacher, Mr. and his demonstration of the effect of electricity on dead frogs, Victor digs up Sparky's corpse, brings him to his makeshift laboratory in the attic, and successfully reanimates him with lightning. The undead Sparky, seeing a cat, escapes from the attic and explores the neighborhood. He is recognized by his friend Edgar, who blackmails Victor into teaching him how to raise the dead. So there's a lot to unpack here. Yes. First of all, it's super, super morbid to have like this dead frog that you're throwing in front of these kids and then hooking up essentially like car battery, like little clips to the the end of the frog and just electrocuting it just to be like, hey, look at what the legs do. Have you never had to dissect an animal in a science class? 100% not. No, not a thing that happened. Oh, wow. Because I definitely dissected a squid in seventh grade, a frog in freshman year and a fetal pig freshman year. No, well, in in I take that back. In 4H, we did we did do a pig that we had to go and like look at everything inside because obviously they're like you know you need to be able to do this if you're going to be a cowboy. This so, is like, yeah. standard demonstration. It's electrical yeah, current. Yeah, 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 sure. But again, I mean, probably a, a, <sighs> a, admittedly, probably a bit more gruesome than they allow in public school today. But sure. this doesn't seem too far off the beaten path. The the fact that the kid saw this and went. Well, I'm going to bring my dog back to life is the bigger concern. Yes, 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 yes. You're right. What's wild is that he like, it seems like he runs out of school the minute he has the idea. Yes, I wrote that down. I'm like, did he just leave school? Just up he and was left just like, school. I'm off to be a necromancer. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Basically. <laughs> and, and my next note is that the parents are oblivious to all of this happening. Like, and they're watching a movie loudly and he's being intentionally sneaky. It's Victor. Like, yes, he gets real close and maybe the dad could have looked a little bit more. But again, I think you're ascribing blame or blame is not. (laughs) This kid is being deceitful and deceptive. You're right. You're right. You're right. And necromantic. Yes, he was making that choice. (laughs) So there's this whole very elaborate uh, setup that he makes of all these electronics and like hooking everything together. All this battery in, in like in a in a in, in a, a fish in tank a fish tank yeah like there was all these things and and a bike that he was using to make that electricity but then none of that was connected to the table that was going up into the ceiling uh that the kites were connected to so i never really understood what all of that was doing yeah i'm not really and but this yes there's a lot of stuff there um, right. Which again makes me say, you know, the, these these this family's okay. Like, uh, or, you know, they're they're doing all right. Sure. She got. Why does she need three colanders? Yeah, she does have three colanders, and were they all the same size? I think so. Yeah. Why did the bike wheels need hypno wheels? I have a lot of questions about Victor's setup. Right. That's that's what I'm getting at. Is like all of this malarkey. But most importantly, did you see the battery's brand name? No. Ever juicy. That's my stage name. Please welcome to the stage, Ever Juicy. You shook me all night long. Yeah, that's all we can afford. It is. Um, it's wild that he did this whole la- yeah, just all this shit. Um, why and when did he put the swing set up there? Yes, so there was like a he went up to the to the to this window that opens to their roof from their attic. But yeah, he does he does that. He goes up there. He puts out he like he puts out these three different kites. One's an umbrella. One's an actual kite and. I don't remember what the other one was. It's bat. It was a bat. Yeah. yeah. And, and there wasn't this swing set contraption 
on top of the roof at that point. And then suddenly there's this contraption up there. There's a swing I, set. Uh, that's the love. That's like the full. Like he had to weld that for a, yeah, for a block and tackle set with chains, but it's on an angle, which means that it has to be either anchored or like uh, yeah, secured. He's got chain. He's got like a pulley system, like what by himself. Right. How did he do all of this and without no, a ladder? It's bananas. It is bananas girl. This all happens and he goes up and the lightning strikes and it doesn't work but then it did and it, yeah we get the like, sort of like the parallel to the he's alive alive like it's that moment yeah, like, he has, like, a little, like stethoscope puts it on the dog and doesn't yeah. hear anything and then and then cries over the top while kind of embracing it and then the little tail starts wagging it's very cute and it was very like that and then he takes the cover off and this dog is terrifying falling off his ears falling off but the dog is still kind of cute he's precious yeah i want the plushie for sure yeah he falls asleep up there he ends up having to rush off to school Mm -hmm. doesn't secure this uh reanimated dog any anyhow and then you know goes off to school yep i'm starting to think the only redeemable people the only redeemable person in this movie is his mother that's true I do want to talk about when Maybe. she was vacuuming. Oh yeah, and how terrible she's at vacuuming. I'm going to do three lines this through this reading a living, romance novel, right? While vacuuming, sure. And then think she hears it. something, turns off the vacuum, doesn't hear it, turns it back on. The dog starts barking again, and then gets out. Yeah, because Mister Whisker shows up in the window. Yes, who is a terrifying cat. <laughs> And I know that we've talked about Mister Whiskers already. Yeah, but like we did not talk about how its eyes and weird girl's eyes are the same fucking thing yeah they're the same and eyes. it is terrifying the first time mr whiskers meow clancy screamed <laughs> and his little mouth goes down and clancy was just like whoa <laughs> so uh edgar sees sparky running sparky around. running around puts all of this together like and like even in that weird mafioso kind of way like your dog is alive <gasps> that's impossible I know, I know it is so impossible, but you did it, you did it. So show me how, or I'll tell everyone. Oh, Mrs. Frankenstein. May I have a cookie, please? Oh, yes, of course. Can I have a cookie? Like it's so manipulative. And then doesn't take the fucking cookie. Doesn't take the fucking cookie. With she doesn't deserve that. Creepy long salad fingers. Yes. Yeah, and they're different <laughs> lengths. Like one hand has longer fingers than the other hand, and it's they were literally two different sizes. Anyways, Sparky starts to drain. This is kind of cute, and he realizes he has to top him up. And I liked how his light, his eyes glowed. Yeah, that was cute. That was fun. All right. Next bit. Post blackmail. <laughs> <laughs> Together, the two reanimate a dead goldfish, which turns invisible due to an error with the experiment that is never fully explained. Nope. And it's just kind of a plot hole. Edgar tells his classmates, but when he tries to show it off, it is gone, leading him to speculate that they can only last for a short time. For some reason, we aren't quite sure about Yep. Friends Toshiaki and Bob, fearful of losing the science fair, make a disaster of their project. And the fallout is ultimately blamed on Mr. Rice Krusky. Before Mr. Rice Krusky leaves town, he advises Victor to use science wisely. So Igor is toddling around town with this invisible fish, which again, I it's it's not really explained all that well. No, it's not. It's not even at all. Like I don't know why. I can't remember if the fish in the tank was a piranha, and that's a creepy scene. No, like no, he's no. at it the was fish. A, it was a goldfish. He's at the fish store, and he's like, "Which one do you want?" And the one's floating. He's like, "That one." This kid does yeah. a great Igor voice, by the way, without oh, being a sure. full like you know. <laughs> kind of grunting right. nasal gas bag <laughs> <laughs> just creepy enough i wonder because sparky had to be recharged at one point yeah. i wonder if they had to like recharge the fish well the reason that he gives for it later is that the intent was different but that doesn't really right. I, I mean i i i'm no uh electrophysicist 
astrophysicist, uh, meteorologist, but I don't think that's how this works. No. And like the science teacher also, he writes it off as like, yeah, you added a variable. Like at that point, it's not going to, you're not going to have the same result yeah, and stuff like that. And I think that sort of clicks for him that like, okay, sure. That makes sense. I didn't cry over this dead fish. I don't know. I didn't even catch that. That's so funny. There is supernatural things happening. Yes. Like yes, this has got to be, it, it can't. Right. I don't know why I'm trying to put real life science. Exactly. And, and I think that's where the line gets drawn a little bit is that maybe the power of love makes them like better. You know, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Huey Lewis. <laughs> um, but speaking of the, like, yeah. So Toshiaki and Bob are trying to make rockets. And I liked how the bubbles looked inside the bottles. Yeah, that was cool. That was a really fun bit of stop motion animation. Yeah. But I'm sorry. I get that, that Toshiaki is the one collecting the data and I'm not trying to be uh sizist or yeah. body shaming at all. But even from a data standpoint, you're not going to get good numbers. If Bob is the one on those rockets. Yeah. Tell Bob what data he needs to collect and Dean needs to strap in because he's lighter. He'll get more lift. Yeah, but he also doesn't really care about any of those people. Clearly. And yet he's he a questionable little back. shit. Yeah. But my point mm-hmm. is, is like as children, you were probably about Toshiaki size and I was probably about Bob size. And if you and I were trying to make rockets to fly with, I would say, no, no, no. I'm yeah. the fat one. You need to blast off the roof. Oh, well, he breaks. He, he falls off the roof and breaks his arm. And they blame the science teacher for some reason. Right. Because it's his fault that these kids are doing science. Yeah. If anybody's a bad parent, it's Bob's mom. Because no, no, honey, you were trying to self-tan, not realizing your son was up on the roof on roller skates with fucking Diet Coke and Mentos strapped to his back. Yeah. That's not on the teacher. That's on you. That's also on this general competition. Why does every, why is everybody so like, vicious about the science fair trophy yeah they what are you telling your children about what to value in terms of um success and failure right (laughs) the parents throw a conference it's a pta meeting with the mayor for whatever fuck reason we never get a principal or head of a school board there there are people that are in charge of the school that the mayor could have gone to and been like hey this teacher is having these kids do dangerous things maybe step in it just seemed weird now you had pointed out that there's a parallel between this and Frankenstein. Yeah, there's like a town hall about I oh, gotta kill the monster. Sure. In Young Frankenstein, it's when they're doing the show and they do put on the Ritz. Yeah. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Put it on the Ritz. Jesus. <laughs> But yeah, there's a parallel. But then, like, the teacher doesn't really help his case at all. No, I understand. He makes it worse. (laughs) He literally goes up and calls them to their face as incompetent, stupid, and like uh, there. There was the objective here is let teachers teach and parents should parent. Like that's the overarching goal. But what he ends up saying is, "You're all fucking idiots," and I'm trying to open your kids' fucking minds. Yeah, and I mean, he says, "Break open their minds." Open their minds. To your science is magic and witchcraft because you have such such small minds. <gasps> I cannot make your heads bigger, but your children's heads, I can take them and crack them open. This is what I try to do, to get at their brains. Oh, my. Thank you. See, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't really... No, it's terrifying. Again, like, why? Why is he allowed to teach kids? I don't know, but I do love a considerate and mysterious mentor because he does give Victor some good advice there. He does. He He specifically says that science is neither good or bad, but it can be used for both. Right. Which is a bit uh, muddy, gray area. Technically true, but like, you could put ethics into shit. For sure. But that said, um uh, yeah he's just kind of like well i'm done here bye and your country doesn't out. have enough scientists we, you should be a scientist yeah and then leaves that's the last that we see of Mr. Zgruski. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love this as a gimmick i hope our audience does too um <laughs> moving on after a confrontation with their friends edgar spills the beans about victor's actions inspiring them to try their hand at scientific necromancy Victor's parents discover Sparky in the attic and are frightened, causing the dog to flee. 
While Victor and his parents search for Sparky, the classmates invade the lab, discovering Victor's reanimation formula. The classmates separately perform their experiments, which go awry and turn the dead animals into monsters. The monsters break loose into the town fair where they wreak havoc. Again, a lot going in here, but these kids break into a house. Edgar is such a shithead. They break into a house. They like, do. They, they literally go like all of them. All in it. It's it's Edgar. It's Bob. It's Toshiaki. It's, it's weird, the weird girl. Because the monsters Wait, are. Who's the who's the the, the, the oh like, Nesser? The, yes, ne- you're right. Guy. It's Nesser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and Nesser's always he's kind of been like this other like shadowy student that's been in the background the whole time again super concerned about winning this contest the science fair really concerned and is so like fucking laser focused on it his pet colossus has a tomb at this pet cemetery it's it's a whole like it's a mausoleum a mausoleum it's a a whole physical structure in in us if you've seen them they're the buildings and cemeteries that look like little like marble uh sheds and it's for a hamster named Colossus. Yeah. <laughs> Nonsense. Now, I want to go back to when the parents find Sparky in the attic. Clancy was so lit up about Mr. Frankenstein finger wagging Victor. Why were they fucking mad at him? Victor, what have you done? You said yourself if you could bring back Sparky, you would. Yes, but that was different because we couldn't. It's easy to promise the impossible. What you did was a very serious thing. Crossing the boundary between life and death. Reanimating a corpse. It's very upsetting. I just wanted my dog back. Oh, sweetheart. The dog, they they brought the dog back to life. Be happy for that. (laughs) Why can't you celebrate that I'm a successful necromancer, dad? Right. Support your children. Damn it. Like, that's all we're asking. All you're doing is I'm a travel agent and I know better. Like, suck it, dad. Like, that is not what you should be saying to your kids right now. Be supportive of them. Clancy, he was mad at his son for going to a cemetery in the middle of the night, exhuming his dog and then performing scientific necromancy in the attic. I think that's a valid reason to be disappointed in one's progeny i don't give a shit like i just i i really don't like his mom behaved better his mom was like hey you know what i see what's going on here and yes this isn't right but also we're your parents and we're here to support you yeah and get you through this Uh so let's go find your dead dog well and then they do and then they do and we move right along yeah, and I also liked it that that um, uh, Victor takes charge immediately. It's like, hey, you're going here, you're going here. This is what we're doing. Sure, but yeah, these kids break in and they have their own horrid experiments. I don't even, I don't even like Toshiaki is the one who really sort of interprets the formula, which apparently is just electricity plus dead animal equals reanimation. Electricity, some sort of kite jumper cable to the animal i don't know again i'm trying to put too much actual science on it right that's, just that's the thing they current. didn't have the fish tank with the battery in it bob had the pool with his sea monkeys um toshiaki nope there was no water there but there was an instance of product placement with miracle growl yes. um with his turtle shelly which is a reference to mary shelly yes zero the dog from nightmare before christmas also has a tombstone somewhere in that cemetery yeah, i couldn't we, i couldn't, we spot couldn't it. find we we were looking because we saw that fact before we well, started it's hard when it's all in black and white yeah <laughs> nothing really stands out yeah we honestly should have turned down the lights i feel like that probably would have helped this eh. movie a bit uh weird girl i want to talk about she just grabs a bat. No, the cat brings it in. Oh, right. Mr. Whiskers. Brings and then she her decides bat. that's what she's going to animate. Yes. Not and a pet of hers. No, a bat. And then Mr. Whiskers goes to chew on the bat while it's happening. And the cat fucking explodes and the turtle explodes too. And it's yes. almost like there's the blood on the wall. And I thought like, Oh shit. Did he just blow up his dead turtle? But then when you think about it, it's a dead turtle. Is there really any blood in there anymore? How long has that turtle I been dead? How long have any, I mean, Colossus, Nesser's pet, is a hamster, like we said. Mummified. Mummified hamster. So who knows what is still inside that little hamster rag? Yeah. And how long that's been dead. And then, (laughs) yeah, Mr. Whiskers turns into, I mean, really the practical effects on the bed with the explosion, like it goes through the springs and stuff. Like it was really well done. It was delightful. And Mr. Whiskers is there and then mutates into a weird bat cat hybrid. Bat cat. Mr. Whiskers? 
Probably my favorite shot of the movie, which is where the bat cat was like flailing around the edge of the room. Oh, just yeah. like hitting into shit. Like it was done so well. Really well. Um, Edgar pulls a rat out of a trash can and reanimates <laughs> that. And it kind yeah. of looks like the werewolf man from Nightmare Before Christmas. A bit, yeah. when it transforms. And then, yeah, all havoc breaks loose. Oh, and the Toshiaki's teenage giant uh, uh, monster turtle. Yeah. Literal turtle dinosaur. Godzilla size. I mean, is that a little racist that like his was the one that turned into Godzilla? Essentially, it's problematic. I it think. is problematic. It's probably problematic. And it, he's voiced by a Japanese. I think the actor's Japanese. Yeah. No, you looked it up. It yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Is. yeah. So, but yeah, maybe just as a trope that the Japanese kids becomes the giant monster. That might be a little problematic. Sure, it is. And I feel like and if we, have, if we have to waffle on it, then sort of objectively, there's a problem with it. You're right. After finding Sparky at the town's pet cemetery, Victor sees the monsters heading to the fair and goes with his classmates to help deal with them. The sea monkeys explode after eating salt-covered popcorn and Colossus is stepped on by Shelly. While the rat and Shelly are returned to their original deceased forms after both being electrocuted. During the chaos, Persephone, Elsa's pet poodle, is grabbed by Mr. Whiskers and carried to the town windmill with Elsa and Victor giving pursuit. We didn't mention this earlier, but Persephone, the big black poodle with the beehive. Oh, yeah. Her and Sparky did a little like nose touch and she got the Bride of Frankenstein stuff up in her hair. Yeah, it, that was really cute. I, that was adorable. I, yeah. I did too. I Why doesn't Elsa ever question what happened to her dog's beehive, though? Exactly. She's just like, oh, this is my dog. This no. is my dog. now." But I mean, all of that is in homage because Elsa Lancaster played the bride of Frankenstein yeah. in the bride of Frankenstein movie. And that's mm-hmm. why that character is named Elsa. And that's why that dog's hair looks like that. Got it. Cool. Yeah. So this is when he finds Sparky back at his tombstone. Cause Sparky is sort of like scared and running away out of the attic and through the fair. And he goes back to his grave and sort of lays down. And it's this shot where like the base of the tombstone is going up into the bone cross and it looked like a dick. It just straight up looked like a dick. They took a literal bone and it looked like a that. figurative bone. No, it looked like, it looked like a knob at the end of Oh, you're right. A rod. It looked like a penis. Yes. Because I mean it was a male dog. Makes sense. Does it? Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Does it? Yeah, if it was a if a female, it would just put a bit a, a big floral vagina. If you So have- <laughs> So Mr. Whiskers Tombstone is just gonna look like a Georgia O'Keefe sculpture, is what you're saying? <laughs> Oh is no. That, is that what you're saying? Holy shit. But it's a boy. So yeah. no, it doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold up. The sea monkeys are pretty terrifying. They're sort of like aquatic gremlins almost. But a little bit, yeah. Unless unless I just don't understand how sea monkeys function, they weren't dead, really, right? Like No, they were sort of suspended. When you put them in water, they would you put the sea monkeys in there and there was another I'm trying to put real there. science on yeah. it again. I don't no, no, understand why. I'm that was a thing. I mean, they were brain shrimp. That's sure. what sea monkeys Yes, were. I know. Brain shrimp. Yeah. Are there freshwater and saltwater brain shrimp? Is that uh, a thing? Yes. Oh. Yep. Huh. Yep. The, the more, more you know. know. That turtle, Shelly, she said a cab when she stepped on that cop car. <laughs> 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 She's like, take that, cops. Yeah. Defund the police. <laughs> Nesser tried to sick that hamster on Shelly and Shelly just stepped on him and Nesser got so yeah. sad. I'm like, why, why does no one expect things that sh- that are expected? That hamster didn't deserve to die a second time. That owner is fucking awful. Everybody's awful. This is what I'm saying. Yes. Except for Mrs. Frankenstein. Except for Mrs. Frankenstein. And the neighbor kid. What, what's her name again? Elsa. Elsa. She's, She's pretty fine. great. Yeah. And that's actually why Nona Ryder's singing at the fair too. You know, a lot of girls would kill to be in your place. I'd welcome death. Praise be New Holland, streets so wide and sidewalks clean, modest homes at modest prices. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, she does a little song at the town fair. It's cute. For Dutch Day. Yeah, because the mirror's in the suit. It's the only time it's not wearing clashing patterns. Yep. They discover when the sea monkeys are at the fair, they, they start getting into like beer and then they get into popcorn and then one of them probably explodes. Yeah. And it's gross looking. It's very gross. Um, 
they put two and two together and it's like, oh, were they freshwater or salt water? Which is why we went off in that tangent a minute ago. Yeah. Uh, and they were freshwater. So salt kills them. So yeah. they fill the popcorn tent full of lots of popcorn and lots of salt. And they lure all the sea monkeys in there. And then it explodes right into the big boy's face. Are we still doing phrasing? I don't phrasing. One of them, the rat gets shocked and turns back into a dead rat. And that's when Victor gets the idea to electrocute Shelly, who's going after the Ferris wheel where Toshiaki is trying to film the whole thing. Yeah. Because he's again, been, he gets saved and then immediately is like, you know what? I'm going back to filming my fucking movie. Yeah. He's really into filming all of this carnage, which in and of itself is questionable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Mr. Whiskers comes out of nowhere in its cat bat hybrid and snatches Persephone. Yep. And Victor and Elsa run off after them, but Sparky's trying to get everybody's attention and they think Sparky stole her. So yeah, they get to the windmill. They, they fight the bat cat. Well, we haven't read that bit yet. Oh, I thought we did. No. Oh, the townsfolk blame Sparky for Elsa's disappearance and chase him to the windmill, which Elsa's uncle accidentally ignites with a torch. Victor and Sparky enter the burning windmill and rescue Elsa and Persephone, but Victor is trapped inside. Sparky rescues Victor, only to be dragged back inside by Mr. Whiskers, who is fatally impaled by a flaming piece of wood during their confrontation before the windmill collapses on Sparky, killing him again. To reward him for his bravery and saving Victor, the townsfolk gather and revive Sparky with their car batteries, and Persephone runs to Sparky, and they boop noses electrically. Yes. So, yes, as you were saying, they get to the windmill. They get to the windmill. Sparky runs runs in to help free Elsa's dog. Persephone. Persephone from Catbat. They they run all the way up to the top. This seems like 30 feet in the air, right? Like, this has got to be I mean, it's, it's three or four stories at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because multiple people fall down from the top to the bottom and yes. survive, which is... Well, but, you know, Elsa falls and he throws her the rope just in time and she swings and That's knocks true. her uncle over. And it's it's a great moment because, yeah. like, yeah, Burgermeister shows up and he's blustering around and doesn't realize that he immediately lights the windmill on fire. Get him! Where's my niece? Look out! It's on fire! Yeah, what like an idiot. Fucking and idiot. then doesn't take any responsibility None. for He's it. He's just like, Bleh. and then, you know, it takes Sparky running in to save everybody. Yeah. Well, Victor was like up at the top trying to save Elsa. They swing down. Batcat comes back to life because the Batcat falls down to the down That's to the bottom. what it was. Yes. And then Batcat comes back, attacks Victor. Victor falls down to the bottom. Sparky runs in, pulls Victor out, and then Cat Bat pulls Sparky back in, and they're fighting. Yeah. And then it all starts to collapse, and that beam comes down and pierces and Mr. Whiskers. And I feel Whiskers. like we saw that beam three times falling. Yeah. Before it actually went through. But also, it was violent. Like, it was Oh, staked. yeah. And I, this is when I checked to double check the rating on the movie, because <laughs> this is when I was like, well, even though it's stop motion, a lot of this is kind of graphic. It's kind of visceral, it maybe it not is. graphic, but visceral. Like it's really intense. And yeah. again, discomforting and gruesome. Like if you were like, oh, hey, let's go take my kids to this new Disney movie. I wondered about that, like parents taking young kids. But I feel like you'd have to think, well, it's Tim Burton. It's kind of like if 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 your kids can't handle Nightmare Before Christmas, they can't handle this. Anyways, uh, this is where I had the note. Sparky literally can't stay on a leash. Yeah, he can't. He just keeps breaking he, through. He keeps breaking it. Everything, the, the windmill ends up collapsing. They wait till it kind of stops burning and the fireman well, or whoever. Yeah, goes I guess in the and, fire department probably put the fire out because yeah. the fireman comes out with Sparky's corpse's corpse. Yeah. And it's very sad. And, you know, his father's like, is there anything I can do? And I thought this was a very touching moment. It was. Victor, is there anything we can do for you? You said that I need to let him go. Sometimes adults don't know what they're talking about. Start your engines! I needed more movies in my childhood that said sometimes adults don't know what they're talking about. Yes, that was a good line. It and was that's really when I started to like the parents. 
I mean, I I feel like I had a moment at one point where I realized that like this was a couple of years ago. I was like, shit, at my age, my mom was on her second or third marriage and had three kids. I know she didn't know anything more than I do right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody knows what they're doing. Adults don't know. Yeah, we, it's, it's, <laughs> get out now, kids. Yeah, I don't know where you would go. So they 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 hook up the car batteries to Sparky, which seems like a lot of energy. Well, I mean, I, mean, I guess light, it took a lightning bolt. bolt. Lightning. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, a lot. Right. And the town revives Sparky. Yeah, it comes back to life. They they do the little boop of the snoots, and there's a little electricity that comes off from that, and then that's the end of the movie. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah, the end. Literally, it says that the budget on this movie was thirty nine million dollars. Yeah, and it made eighty one point five, which actually seems a little low to me for, for a stop motion. Yeah, it does seem stop motion's not cheap. I think it was a combination of things like minimal sets, and I think there was yeah. a little bit of green screening. There was like most of the backgrounds and like the the lightning and all that stuff that was all added in later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes, it had an eighty seven percent critic score, which is pretty high for yeah. I feel like an animated film, a Tim Burton film. Tom Charity of CNN said Tim Burton's most enjoyable movie in a long time. Uh, Christopher Orr for The Atlantic uh, said he felt the same way, saying that it was Tim Burton's best film since 1994's Ed Wood or even 1990's Edward Scissorhands, which is a a lot, I guess. I I don't know. know. I don't know. I can see why. I think it's a solid film. It is. That just seems like it's swinging, really. It is. And this is because it's. I don't like Tim Burton. The viewer score, um, actually, I don't 80%. 80%. Yeah. Yeah. Luca B in uh, just 20- a couple months ago. Yeah. Uh, said that this is a great achievement in stop motion animation with creepy atmosphere, style, dark and stylish visuals and an imaginative and heartfelt narrative at an energetic pace and a story that both uh, homages and spoofs the classical horror movies. I think Luca really liked it. Yes. I Tyler D didn't. <laughs> looks like he watched it like right when disney plus started yeah because it was uh september 2019 he said uh how in the name of jesus brist <laughs> did this get such a good review this is actually the worst movie i have ever watched in my life i would think this was you if i thought you had seen this before tonight it <laughs> tyler d is my uh soul sister my stage name <laughs> This was nominated for Best Animated Feature at the 85th Academy Awards, but it did not win. I did not note what did. Uh, it was nominated for Best Animated Film at the BAFTAs that year as well. Um, it only really won a few Critic Circles Awards, except for it won a couple at the Saturn Awards. Oh, cool. Uh, for Best Animated Film and Best Music. Saturn Awards, for those who don't know, is sort of like the sci-fi horror fantasy film award. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In terms of other like trivia stuff like that uh frank and winnie was the first black and white feature length film and first stop motion film to be released in imax 3d yeah so uh that's neat it is neat this would have been great i feel like this would have been really pretty on imax 3d they call attention to it at the beginning of the movie yeah yeah because when when he when he's showing them the movie it's in 3d they have those 3d glasses on and that was so that the audience knew when to put the 3d glasses on it was very well done oh that's so cool well that that's Frank and Weenie. What'd you think, Clancy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. I did. I I had. I, I I didn't dislike the movie. I didn't feel like this movie was a bad movie. I just didn't really appreciate it. I didn't really like it. Like it's not really my again. It's not really my style. My kind of movie, I guess. You know. Sure. Shot incredibly well. It looks great. I thought it was the so story pretty. Story was very good. Um, I just, to me, just, it's really hard to get past the creepy, the creepy animation style. Fair enough. I quite enjoyed it. Will I watch it again? If it was on. Sure. If someone was like, hey, let's watch Frank and Weenie. Or if they were doing like an IMAX 3D re-release. Sure. You know, in in the aftertimes, if that ever happens again. Oh, and there was the, um, Disney Plus also has the Captain Sparky versus the Flying Saucers or something. It was a bonus feature on the blu-ray dvd basically it's like at the beginning of the movie he's showing his his you know monster movie that he made with sparky yeah this is one about aliens it's two minutes long it's cute it also is curious that this isn't included in the extra section yeah that was like they they made it as its own short but for a little bit more frank and weenie action on our patreon this month we're actually going to watch the original tim burton short film with shelly duvall and talk about that over on the patreon um, which of course is patreon.com slash making mischief. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get bonus content from all the mischief media shows there, including us. And so, yeah, we'll talk about Frank and Weenie this time. 
Uh, yep. The original one. Yeah. Where can they find us on social media, Josh? Well, they can find you at CLNCY. Uh, that's Clancy with no A on Twitter and Instagram. And they can find Josh <gasps> at Josh <gasps> watching oh, TV yeah. without the G, oh, G on Instagram and Twitter. Both of them. That is correct. And you can find nonplussed as nonplussed pod anywhere. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And then, of course, as always, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on your platform of choice or an Apple. I, I really don't. It's one of those things where I feel like I should know which um, apps and things have reviews on them. But shoot us a five-star review. Um, make it punny. Make it a limerick or just make it really, really sweet. And we'll read a few out on the show. Like this week, we've got this one from Tuxedo Sid. I love Josh and Clancy. I love the chatter and chemistry that they have together. The breakdown and the humor that they have while going through some of my favorite Disney movies is well received. Well, thank you. Requests, if they haven't done them already. I'm not through the whole episode catalog. Here we go. Okay. Moana, because it's my fave and Dwayne Johnson is amazing in it. Coco, because I live, love, Precocious Miguel, Six Hearts. Thanks for putting out such great content, guys. Love ya. Thank you, Tuxedo Sid. We will absolutely do those sometime. Like, there's no reason we wouldn't. You're welcome there on the list. (laughs) <laughs> and, and thank you for the five-star review yes, dear listener don't you. let my husband's terseness scare you off terseness how dare you how dare you sir i do dare as dare i that over there is my husband clancy <laughs> and that over there is my husband josh and we have been and always are and continue to be nonplus. Nonplus. <laughs> They get to the windmill. Um, they, they get to the windmill. The windmill. There you go. What did I say? Windmill? You've been saying windmill. Windmill? Mill. Mill. Windmill. They get to the windmill. They get to the windmill. Yeah, so they get to the windmill. I did it again. I can't fucking say it. <laughs> Remember, it's easy to make donations to charities like water.org, Save the Children, Human Rights Watch, and more with Tab for a Cause. Join the Nonplus team by signing up at tabforacause.org slash nonplussed. Again, that's tabforacause.org slash nonplussed. Clicky clicky.